Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better. Let's wake them up, get them up, get them going Tuesday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. Five hours of stimulating sports conversation begins right now. There's certainly a lot to talk about. The Longhorns now mapping out their next month, their roadmap to the college football playoff semifinal matchup. Lots to do between now and then. Transfer portal. High school recruiting wraps up. And then, of course, game prep and uh, the possibility of playing for a national championship. So we'll talk all things Texas. Also, the uh, portal as it affects the Longhorns, the portal across the country. Heisman Trophy finalists announced. College football is a uh, wild, wild west right now. We also had a shocker on Monday Night Football and another potential severe quarterback injury, which we'll tell you about coming out of Monday Night Football. Uh, the NBA will have it its play-in tournament wrapping up here in the next couple of days. We'll get you details on that as well. So this day jam-packed five hours begins right now. We appreciate you being there, as always, however you find us. Hope you can uh, ride with us all morning long and certainly all day long here on the Horn. Uh, tell a friend. Share the news. Find the Horn app. Share it with somebody. Also, 1019 AM 1260, as we're saying, on the Horn app across Austin, across the state of Texas, and around the world. Keeping Longhorn fans up with Longhorn news and college football. Appreciate you being there also at hornfm.com as we crank up a Tuesday, the 5th of December. Another crisp morning in the ATX, about 41 degrees, and rise right around 70, 71 degrees today. One of those perfect days here in early December in Austin, Texas, and throughout Central Texas. And uh, look who it is across the desk, back and healthy, and ready to roll our shutdown corner, ha- handling his duties five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook'em Up from the uh, 713 DB High down there in Houston, Texas. Also starred here in the 512 at DBU, the University of Texas. He's a lifetime Longhorn. Uh, spent four years in the National Football League, now 16 years doing great radio and media right here in Austin, Texas, and uh, the shutdown corner, Blackstradamus, the proud papa of Baby Monroe. He is our man, Rod Babers. What's up, RV? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for the intro, as always. I appreciate the hospitality, of course, the home Welcome studio. Welcome uh, also- by both the cat and the dog. Yes, it was great this morning, <laughs> man. Everybody's a lively, beautiful, lively household here. Uh, but once again, I appreciate the intro, brother. A lot to talk about, of course. Everybody's still giddy. Uh, Texas Longhorns in the college football playoffs. So I did watch some Washington films. So we'll get into that a little bit uh, in uh, behind the burn orange curtain. And also, yeah, we got to talk NFL. We didn't get into enough NFL yesterday because we had so much college football to discuss so we'll get into some Cowboys discussion uh, we'll do that before we do any of that of course we like to do it and we love to do it as a matter of fact uh, every morning each and every morning we give a shout out to those who serve our society built on the selflessness of service so we appreciate each and every one of you we cannot name every one of you we wish we had the time to do it but want you to know that you are top of mind and always in our hearts and we appreciate you guys the soldiers the first responders, the teachers the nurses uh, waste management I mean we can't name you all but we appreciate you just want you to know that uh, Uh, We know that it's an honor, but also a burden. Um, So we appreciate all that you do for God, country, and community. Trash day yesterday here in the OC. So appreciate them very, very much. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, NFL. I mean, it's, uh, you know, college football will take a pause as far as games. I mean, there'll be the Army-Navy game. Go Army, beat Navy, I think would be my motto. I don't know, Navy. I don't know. Who are we going to pick this week? We'll talk about it. Uh, Also, the Heisman Trophy will be handed out on Saturday night. We now know the finalists. But, yes, I mean, the NFL takes some center stage with a huge game Sunday night in Dallas, Cowboys and Eagles. Uh, And now with the the Texans in the mix in the AFC, part of that 
you know, four different seven and five teams. Uh, they are in the mix. And what happened in Jacksonville last night may uh, may further uh, assist the Texans' oh, quest. Oh, no doubt. Because if you didn't see it, Trevor Lawrence took what looked to be a pretty nasty ankle injury in that game uh, that they lost to uh, Jake Browning, the backup quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. And the quarterback injuries, Rod, are just mounting. They, they are. You've been documented all year long. We talk about how important the backup quarterback is in pro football these days. But um, – I mean, yeah. it's uh, – Oh, no, it's crucial. I mean, it's the, the name. It's, it started I, with Aaron Rodgers, the fourth play of the game for the Jets, and it's just uh, – <laughs> Yeah, right. In the, big, in the first big <laughs> showcase game, it started, and I think it was a bad omen of things to come. But truth is, and we'll get into it, obviously, once we dive into it a little bit deeper and talk about last night's game. I, the reason I started talking about it because it happened last year. Yeah, historic. It was actually something last year that was a, a negative, bad trend for the NFL. So, we'll, I don't know if anything can affect the number one TV product in America – that can, but you still had a good game last night, even though, you know, you had a backup in there. You it was a good game. game. It was a real good game because, you know. It was a Jake, really good game because uh, Brown, Jake, Jake, Jake Browning, Browning yeah, yeah, the kid Jake out, of, out of Washington, the yeah. Longhorns, played, played good, good, played really good. Played really well. Uh, and he's got really good receivers, too. I mean, they're, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, 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 that always helps. it's one thing to have a backup quarterback. It's another thing to have some guys to throw to. I mean, Jamar good. Chase is still a badass, and T. Higgins ain't bad, and Tyler Boyd's a good player. Ask Patrick Mahomes about that. Yeah. He helps. I mean, look at Mahomes. Mahomes is probably watching that game going, damn. <laughs> <laughs> He's jealous. He's like, come on, man. Can I get, can I get one Mixon, of those guys? Give me one of them. He got three of them. Got Joe Mixon. He's handing it to. Yeah. Scored two touchdowns last night. He's throwing it to Jamar Chase, who's a big monster out there, T. Higgins. Yeah, man, it's, uh, uh, man, it's uh, yeah. I mean, and, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is – He's know. jealous. It's uh, for, for one of the, probably one of the first times in his NFL career. He's definitely jealous of all the other weapons. I think the days of that Tom, the Tom Brady theory that you can win – with and I'm not gonna say Jags and Jabronis because they're better players than that, but you can win without stars at receiver. I think those days might be done. Hey, listen, uh, when you say Jag, that's just a guy, so that's not. I don't think that's a knock. Hey, right? I was a Jag. You were a Jag. I was a Jag. Eighty-five like, percent of the league are Jags. Yeah, they're Jags. <laughs> they're just Jags and Jabronis. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You should you know take I mean? that as a huge positive. That yeah. means your average NFL career is three and a half years. <laughs> well, if you are a Jag in the NFL, you're a badass. I mean, you have yeah. achieved a at the in the in the you know top. Five percentile of your profession, yeah, like you did, Rod. But uh, yeah, but you're so not Jag, not yeah, meaning like not you know, don't but not have, a don't have Jamar, the not a Jamar Chase, T. Those, no, guys, those are those are elite stars. Sec, yeah, you, you get a second contract in the league, you're not a you're not a Jag. And good teams in a 53 man roster usually built up of about you know five or six stars if you can get them, and then you can, if you can afford them, Jags. Pretty much. Kind of how that goes. And if you got the best Jags, that's really going right. to determine whether you well, can win that's, or not. That's why, you know, for you and I, Texans fans are now excited because you, now you know have your, you have your quarterback and you're starting to develop some stars around your quarterbacks with, um, you know, guys like Nico Collins and guys like Will Anderson and guys like Derek Stingley. And it's okay, well, now you can start to see the formation. Okay, yeah. here's your Pro Bowl dudes. And then, uh, you know, Laramie Tunsil, the left tackle. And then, you know, then you, if you do a good job of through the draft and – some some small free agency. You build the rest of that roster with depth, and especially you know in Houston where you have a rookie quarterback now for the next you know five years. You know the window. Um, there's the window, it's and that's that's window. the exciting part. But yeah, you're in places like Cincinnati, places like Kansas City where the quarterback's already performed but gotten his big contract. That challenge becomes tougher, and then when you take injuries at the quarterback position, it obviously it's brutal. Uh, becomes tough. But I think you you've said it better than anybody I've heard locally or nationally about. Uh, uh, Kansas City, who lost again Sunday night. Uh, when you see the the array of weapons the Bengals have assembled around Joe Burrow, when you see what you know the Cowboys have put around Dak Prescott, when you see Philly. What, Philly, what what Brock Purdy's got, and, yeah. Yeah, and you're like, 
Kansas City, what are you spending the money on? <laughs> exactly. Where is it going? Where is the money going? You got rookies. You got like four rookies starting. Not rookies, but second-year guys starting on defense. Like, I don't understand where that money is going. I know. They think about letting Chris Jones walk. I know, right? They had their best defensive player. They had him holding out. I'm, Travis Kelsey's an underpaid tight end as far as the market. Uh, tr- Patrick Mahomes is, is taking less than he could. And it's like, who are these dudes? <laughs> Where's the money? At? You can't find him one guy? One guy. I know guy. you didn't want to pay Tyree Kill for whatever reason. but I think, this off, I think this offseason they get a guy. They'll have to. I do. Because uh, it's getting get embarrassing for them at this yeah, point. And, they go get a guy. Uh, and look, that's, they didn't just trade Tyree Kill not to pay him. They wanted to use him as an asset to, you know, the draft picks in return to help rebuild their secondary. I and mean, that was mm-hmm. part of the deal, which they did. But still, it's like what, I mean, it, it, it's he's going to he's going to battle with his, with an arm tie behind his yeah. back versus what Brock Purdy and Dak and um, you know when Joe Burrow's healthy, what Tua's got, what yeah. even Lamar Jackson has. I mean, even Lamar, Lamar Jackson yeah. was getting the knock if he doesn't have any, any dudes. Yep. And now they've added some guys yeah. around. They him. wanted to go with the Tom Brady model to save money that way. I, I don't think you can do it these days. I just don't think it works in the modern NFL. Yeah, it doesn't. Even when Tom Brady went to the Bucks, he had dudes. That's why it was part of the reason he went. He was like, man, I'm tired of this. It works last year. <laughs> It did, and it's well, uh, well. It, yeah, but, I was saying. It, yeah, I, but I, I think that's what I'm saying. Look at him now, though. I think that was a. I think there's you start to see the regression. Just because Patrick Mahomes is so good, Travis Kelsey is so good, Chris Jones is really good, Andy Reid. You might have the best coach. You, you got the best quarterback, best tight end of all time. We're talking about guys. So we're talking about all time potential, right? And they're in that conversation, but definitely the best right now. And then you got Chris Jones. So I'm saying I'm not saying it's. And then your GM Brett Veach is also one of the top three. Well, yeah, it's not even criticize Veach. He's done a great job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, so I'm, I'm just a, saying I don't think I don't think they're gonna go on the the dynastic run that I assume they would. A lot of us did if they don't get him some receiving well, help. Remember, it's gonna uh, be too tough. Mahomes has never played a road playoff game, so he's used to playing at Arrowhead Stadium. This year they may not, and it doesn't look like they're going to. And to Ty's point, they did win it last year with Juju Smith-Schuster as their best receiver yeah. after trading Tyree Kill. But this year the the receivers is not playing well. Nope. I mean, they're yeah. they're not. Not only are they not, you know more than Jags, they're also uh, underperforming, which, you know, that led to us to a couple conversations along the way about, you know, Eric Bieniemy not being there as the offensive coordinator and if that's impacting the performance of the offense as a whole. But either way, that's a big picture. Those are your t- primetime games. Uh, we'll get to that Jacksonville game. But we got bigger fish to fry. Let's get to the uh, top headlines, including all talk uh, burn orange. Let's get it. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories of this morning. We start with uh, college football, now third-ranked Longhorns, mapping out the next month ahead of their national semifinal matchup with second-ranked Washington in the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day evening. After the announcement of their inclusion in the college football playoff for the first time ever, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian spoke about the achievement, said uh, weekends like this past one are why he came to Austin in the first place. That's why I came here. I was referencing this the other day that there became a point when I was at Alabama when, all right, I'm going to be a head coach again, and I want to go somewhere where I have a legitimate chance to win championships. And when this opportunity came, to me, this was the no-brainer because I know what this place can do. And I, and I understand there's high expectations and, and, uh, and, and a high standard here for winning championships, but that's why I came here. As for the plan moving forward, the team celebrated their season and Big 12 championship with a banquet on Sunday. Now the players take a couple weeks off, finish up their academic semester, while the Texas coaches will be navigating that transfer portal and recruiting uh, the recruiting of the high school players with the early signing window opening on the 20th of this month. At least one assistant on the Texas staff will be handling even more than that. Co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach Jeff Choate was officially introduced as the head coach at Nevada yesterday. The Wolfpack out in Reno. Choate says he plans, plans to spl- split his duties between Texas and Nevada for the next month and explain his plan for how to balance both. 
And it's not really about me. It's about providing consistency for the players on the defensive side of the ball so that when we go into install meetings or we go to practice, the rhythm of their day is the same. And so the balancing act is really going to be once we start bowl practices. The good news is I'll pretty much be here rocking and rolling until the 15th. We're not practicing until the 15th. And so I think it'll be the, you know, there's going to be some long days. Um, but I think the right thing to do is to is to provide consistency and stability for the guys in the program there and finish the mission at Texas. And then begin his duties at Nevada. As mentioned, the NCAA transfer portal opened yesterday. Flurry of activity across the country and did include a couple players here in Austin. According to Inside Texas, defensive backs Jalen Catalan and freshman, uh, the redshirt freshman Xavion Bryce have entered that portal. Catalan, of course, transferred into Texas from Arkansas, battled injuries all season, finished with 17 total tackles, a forced fumble in eight games. Bryce, the Arlington native, recorded two tackles in four career games. Biggest surprise named into the portal yesterday came in Columbus, where Ohio State starting quarterback Kyle McCord announced that he is exploring his options Elsewhere, McCord threw for 3,170 yards and 24 touchdowns during his first full season, leading the Buckeyes to an 11-0 record where they lost to Michigan in the regular season finale. He was one of a slew of Ohio State players, by the way, who entered the portal on day one. Uh, The junior will be one of the hottest prospects in the quarterback market, joining Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel, Duke's Riley Leonard, Washington State's Cam Ward, UCLA's Dante Moore, Oregon State's DJ Uyunglele, and K-State's Will Howard as starting signal callers who have jumped into the portal so far. Heisman Trophy finalists announced yesterday Three quarterbacks and a wide receiver headed to New York for the big presentation of College Football's Player of the Year. LSU's Jaden Daniels, Oregon's Bo Nix, Washington's Michael Penix, along with Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. will be in New York on Saturday night. Shocker on Monday night football last night to wrap up Week 13. Bengals with their backup quarterback Jake Browning. Uh, He leads Cincinnati to a 31-30 34-31 overtime win in Jacksonville. A bigger concern now for the Jaguars, health of their starting quarterback Trevor Lawrence. He suffered a right ankle injury late in the fourth quarter of that loss. He will be reevaluated today. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho ho ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. So if Trevor Lawrence can't go next week. For the Jags, that'll make 15 teams that will have started a backup quarterback at one point. 15. You're getting close 32 to teams. half the lead. Yeah, one more. Let's not root for it, but remember, you got one more. No, year to 16. <laughs> remember, last year uh, you set an NFL record for different starting quarterbacks. Um, the only year that had more was the year they had the replacement players. Uh, they had like 87 that year, 1987, so they don't count that year. Um, you had 21 teams that relied on multiple starters last year. 13 teams played at least three quarterbacks last season. 13. 13. So you, had third, you had basically a third of the league played three quarterbacks. 21 teams relied on multiple starters. You had playoff teams, two playoff teams. 49ers, Miami, played third-string quarterbacks. Only eight quarterbacks last season. Started all 17 games. That's oh, it. It was just eight. That was the fewest amount, that, you know, obviously, in the modern era. So, I don't know why teams don't do it. I've been saying it for years. If, if, if quarterback is the most valuable position in all of sports, definitely in football, everybody, everything valuable in our life, we take out insurance on. House, health, <laughs> right? car, all the big purchases, you take out insurance on. You buy the Diamond Marine, you get insurance on it. It is so weird the NFL does not 
purchase insurance on his starting quarterback, which would basically be your backup. That's your insurance policy on your starting quarterback. And even if you do have insurance, a lot of teams, they want liability. They don't want to be fully covered. I think we're going to get to a point in the NFL where teams now are going to start valuing the quarterback position as a whole. you got to make sure your backup quarterback can go win you two games in the NFL because the way it's looking right now, they're definitely going to end up playing more than two games. A season. And I period. would say a couple things on that. Jacksonville does play at Cleveland this week ahead of a big game with Baltimore. Who's uh, had four different starting right. <laughs> Yeah, they got Deshaun Watson out. He's one of those 15. And then that, but look ahead two weeks to this Baltimore. Uh, big game in the AFC as far as oh, the playoff picture big. goes with Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, it's one of those, you know, chicken and egg. I mean, it, 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 it appears to me, there's not like there's quarterbacks out there standing because it's a, it's a budgetary thing. You pay your quarterback and then you're going to go cheap yeah. on the backup. But I don't know that there are enough quarterbacks. I mean, at the same time, it's not like that there's guys. So true. There's not like guys out there standing at the bus stop though that are really good, you know, backup quarterbacks that aren't signed somewhere. I mean, I think a lot of teams are already trying to do that. They're just that's it's it's a. I mean, how many elite quarterbacks are there? Ten in the world. I mean, yeah. Um, and maybe ten more that are pretty good, and then and so with 32 teams, you know, even there are guys starting that are starting quarterbacks who are backups really in the big picture of quarterback, the Pantheon. And so it's, it's a hard position, but everybody knows it. That's why there's already 10 dudes in the transfer portal in college football, Rod. Uh, people want to go play, and uh, it is the most important and, you know, important position in the game. And, you know, whatever level, yeah, as many QBs as you can have and be developing uh, is the important way. And I, I'll be, I was pretty damn impressed with Jake Browning last night, the quarterback that – uh, that they threw out there for Cincinnati. He he's more than serviceable. He's a good player. We saw uh, Cowboys fans saw Cooper Rush come in last year when when four of the five games he had to play uh, to help the Cowboys you know keep on their playoff path. So it's it's a tough it's a tough call because you got to find a starter. Then you but you also have to find a backup who wants to be a backup, not a starter. Because those uh, guys are always looking well, to go. You, you can find the guy that wants to be a starter, but that means you need to keep the pipeline open. Yeah, keep in terms drafting of the, them. T- the, exactly. <laughs> what I've always said, always be drafting quarterbacks. The Cowboys don't do it enough. Either be drafting or acquiring them. So I'll give the Cowboys credit. They traded for Trey Lance. Just keep them coming. Just keep them in because he's right. First of all, if you're, you're, um, your backup gets really good, you probably can't afford him. That's After right. a certain time, he's going to go somewhere where other teams can pay him more as a backup. So you got to anticipate that. But you also anticipate, like you said, yeah, hey, maybe you're developing really well. All right? Anticipate success. Hey, we developed this guy basically into a guy that can be a starter for a couple of teams. So he's going to be gone. And I think that, that Green Bay mentality they've had for years. Remember, uh, they're a longtime GM, who uh, the Hall of Fame GM. He once said, I draft a quarterback every year if they let me. Yeah. They, they just he said they won't let me do it, but I draft one every year if they let me. You have to have that obsession these days with that quarterback. That's why I like the, the, the Cowboys now seem to be in a healthier place about quarterback acquisition, but you have to be. You just have to be obsessive about it. Well, and you're right, there's not enough good ones, but that's why development is going to be key. And these guys who are considered quarterback gurus, they're going to be made men pretty soon because you're going to need a guy like that on your roster because – yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's and you say it. We we talk about it in, in college. You always have to be recruiting quarterbacks because of the portal because you, they're going to be leaving. Uh, in the pros, everything you just said, and you know, you don't know when you're going to draft Brock Purdy, and you don't know when you're going to draft Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's an inexact science without a doubt, and you don't know until you. you know, we talk about fighter pilots. You don't know until they get in the cockpit how they perform, and you only can see that. You can't see that watching tape, and no. you can't even them, see that practice. Yeah, you, eh? 
Yes. You got to see it in the games. Yeah. And so <laughs> preseason games and those kind of things become very, very important. And even those don't really simulate uh, the full speed of an NFL Sunday. All right, quarterbacks and injuries. Cincinnati gets the big win, 34-31. Um, Jake Jacksonville. Do- I don't know if Cincinnati's – are they out of it now? To, to, they're 6-6. Six six. I mean, they're they're six and 6-6. Six. There's a long way to go for them, but – um, but with the with the quarterback attrition happening around the league, I yeah. mean, <laughs> well, look, if you're a Houston fan and uh, an Indianapolis fan in that division, now Jacksonville at eight and four, you're only a game back, and they've got a tough game at Cleveland, who's got a real good defense, and then Baltimore. So, you know, Houston's got the Jets this weekend. The Colts are in this thing at seven and five. By the way, the uh, Tennessee Titans did fire their special teams coordinator yesterday. Wow, he got fired. Man, well, you they were calling you, for it. Well, I mean, if you watch the game, you're like, oh, he's getting fired. <laughs> because it, it looked like a high school team, a bad high school team. Back-to-back. Uh, if you missed that, months? Tennessee had, at home had no business losing to the Colts. They had, they had two punts blocked mm. on back-to-back punt occasions. And both, I mean, almost got the punter killed. There was such the, – the, the, the blocking Pat, was so bad. The protection was so terrible. I wasn't even close. I wasn't like, hey, I tipped it. No, no. It was collide with his leg as he's about to punt the ball. Mm. Uh, one turned into a you know, scoop score touchdown. One turned into a field goal. Uh, they, their kicker, Nick Folk, also mm-hmm. missed an extra point that allowed the game to go to overtime. So, you know, what's that, 11 points in a overtime loss? Yeah, he's getting fired. Yeah, you're done. You're yeah, done and it's son. a performance-based job. And he had been there a while, too. And, you know, that? I'm sure his special teams units feel bad that they just got their coach fired. He's been there seven years, and it's like, yeah, you just got a good coach fired, guys. Nice work. But uh, that's his job, to have them on point, and they lost the game. But that helped Indianapolis keep even with Houston. And, yeah, it's a tight race, man. And there's, uh, there's what, four different seven and five teams in the AFC with Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Uh, Indianapolis, yeah. Houston, the, the the nine and three teams in the AFC are Miami, Baltimore, and uh, that's it. It, it. Look at the irony of that, right? So four of the seven current playoff teams in the AFC have quarterback injuries <laughs> yeah. happening right now, and the I think the team prior to the season that everybody eh, maybe predicted or at least anticipated would have quarterback injuries would be Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, look at and Miami. It's crazy. Yeah, two is still going. <laughs> that's still judo, going. that jujitsu helping them out. <laughs> right. uh, and they don't. He doesn't get hit much these days. He yeah, just gets, gets rid of the ball, ball quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he does. But right now, if the playoffs began today, the uh, first round buys would belong to the Dolphins and the Eagles, right? And then. You know, the Cowboys, though, can really change their fate because they're down there at the five seed right now in the NFC because the Eagles would have the one seed. But you can take that you, – you can put yourself in a good position there this weekend because yeah, if the Cowboys win this game at home Sunday night, Ooh. AT&T Stadium, they'll be equal with the Eagles, both teams 10-3. and three. The Team, Niners are 9-3. Yeah. and three. The Lions are 9-3. and three. So, yeah, if you can win this game. And now the Eagles just – let's say this for fair to be – to Philadelphia just got, you know, pummeled by San Francisco – they just came through their real brutal stretch. They came through where they played. Yeah, and they ended up with three, two three and one, wins. Three, three and one. They played that's... Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, and then Philadelphia. And they ended up three and one. They stretch. went three and one. And, and that was got, a tough one. And they looked like a tired football team. Oh, yeah. Nothing I want to say they had, they, were three, they, had, they had played three games in like 15, 16 days or something like yeah. that. Uh, so, yeah, they went from Dallas, KC, Buffalo, San Fran, yeah. now Dallas. Yeah. This wraps up, though, their tough stretch because then, well, then they go to Seattle. But then the Giants, Arizona, and the Giants to wrap up. So they get to um, breathe a little and bit. And Seattle's – we just talked about the Cowboys hammer Seattle. They're not very good right now. Uh, they did play pretty good offensively. But this Dallas game's huge. If the Cowboys can win it, but then the Cowboys are starting their stretch, right? This is the challenge for the Dallas Cowboys as you get ready for this huge game Sunday night. If you win it, well, then you go to Buffalo. Then you go to Miami. Then you go to home to Detroit. Yeah. 
whereas the Eagles just got through theirs and it's a long season. But uh, those last yeah. three games that's, were – So it's four-game stretch. What are you going to do? Can you go three and one like the Eagles did? That's right. If you split it, okay, that's good. You just can't have a losing record in that stretch. You're right about that. That's can you, you go need. three and one because the Eagles just did that. And if you can beat the Eagles head-to-head, give them their third loss, yeah. now you guys are dead even. San Francisco probably wins this weekend. They'll, so you'll have three ten and 3 teams at, after 13 weeks with a race to the finish line. It's going to be fun in the end. And I do think, you know, this year we saw it last. I mean, that, that one, the one bye week, the one one seed that has home playoff games all the way through and the week off, it's a huge advantage. Yep. It's a huge advantage in both conferences. No and doubt. right now Miami and Baltimore are, you know, leading the way for that in the AFC. And then the winner of the Philadelphia-Dallas game along with San Francisco – and, that, and Detroit will be in the mix for that in the NFC. Cowboys knew that Arizona games will come back oh. to hunt you. You do it. You yeah. do it. You well, do it. Don't worry because 49ers got some games that cut. They came back to hunt them too because they had no business losing well, one of those I, games they lost. Well, and, you know, our Texans. But it's the NFL, baby. Our Texans uh, at Carolina. Carolina had won another game. Oh, you know, I mean, that, <laughs> that one looms when you're trying yeah, to make exactly. the play. I mean, it, it, it's amazing that it's like kind of house money that Houston's this good so far and they're here, but yeah, that Carolina right. lost because they've lost three games at the buzzer. Uh, they won a game at the buzzer just last week where oh, their man. defense made e, a play. How about this little stat? And shout-out to my man Sean Pendergast uh, in H-Town over at 16. Does a great job. Here's the time remaining at the end of the, deci- end of the deciding play of the last eight Texans games. Week five at Atlanta, it was at the buzzer, right? <laughs> Zero time left. Yeah, field goals, time expired. Week six versus New Orleans, 16 seconds left. Week eight That's at Carolina, Buzzer, right? It was right at the, as the clock ended. Week 9 versus Tampa Bay, six seconds left. Week 10 at Cincinnati, right as the clock ended. So zero seconds left. Arizona, 30 seconds left. Week 12 versus Jacksonville, 29 seconds left. Week 13 versus Denver, nine seconds left. To the cardiac Texans. Dude, right? If you're a fan, you know it very well. But this because they're ahead of schedule, though. Yeah, they are, and they're, they're, they're playing in, in tight games and uh, finding ways to win them, and they've coughed up a couple. That's just the way of the, of the NFL. But uh, meanwhile, the Cowboys are just hammering people, right? They just crush Hammering people. bad teams. <laughs> bad teams. Yeah. And now they're about to play a four-game stretch of good teams. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you the combined record coming. I don't know what we what consider. I don't Seattle. Know what, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know what Seattle is. Well, they're 6-6. Six and six. The Cowboys, so they're average. they they're drop just, them back to average. Yeah, so. But the, uh, they're playing 9-3 and three this week. They're 10-2 and two this week. Then they're going to play six and six, nine and three, nine and three. See what you can do against good teams. That's yep. what we want to see from the Cowboys. Yeah, and I don't even know what we can consider Buffalo right now at six six, but they feel like they're better they're, than six and six. I don't definitely know. better, than especially six in and Buffalo six. in December, where the but, weather could be a major factor. Yeah, that's when you're right. Late in the year, they may, but they don't run the ball as much. You need to late in the year. Well, we'll see. All so right, we be the Josh Allen show. All right, NFL. We'll get back to the Longhorns. Rod will take us behind the BOC. Steve Sarkeesian, you heard it. He came here to win championships, and in year three, Longhorns have a chance to play for a championship uh, two games left they're in it uh the, the debate's obviously raging about uh, who should be it who shouldn't be longhorns don't care it's now a roadmap to a uh a sugar bowl appearance in about uh 20 portal too. also transfer portal yeah. uh longhorns part of that yep got also a couple of guys. what the facts we're just getting warmed up folks it's a tuesday and the longhorns are uh, riding high we're riding high with you appreciate you being there on hook em up with ian rodby Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Your thoughts and conversation on the text line, 512-447-3776. This one says Tank Dell injury is rough, though. That's true. Yeah. Hate to see Tank going down if you're a Texans fan. This says uh, going to be a good one, guys, Thursday. Yeah, let's not look forward to that. The uh, Sunday night game, Cowboys-Eagles is a oh, marquee matchup, yeah, but uh, Thursday night. 
Mesa at football back a while. What uh, is it? It's What's New England at Pittsburgh. Oh, <laughs> and it's hey, good defense will be played, but it'll be some bad offense. Mitchell Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi mm. is your likely starting combination. Wow. And if we told you uh, the, yeah. the New England Patriots over the last three weeks became the first team in pro football since 1938, the Chicago Cardinals, mm. to have their defense hold the opponent under 10 points and lose all three games. That's disgusting. That is not good. Yeah, and the NFL scoring is down to its lowest number, I think, since like 2007. Uh, and the, the, I think the quarterbacks is just clearly the reason at this point. Well, the and I think the entire, the entire offense in, in New England needs scrapped. I mean, we kind of knew it last year. Bill, Bill O'Brien has not come in. And, come and they've met, I mean, Bill Belichick, the general manager, has done a terrible job helping Bill Belichick, the coach, with uh, you know trades. And or the, the the season after Tom Brady won the Super Bowl, they they set a record for investment in the free agent market, and none of those guys none panned of those out, guys worked out on the offensive side. There have been some defensive players yeah. that have been really good, but that's Bill Belichick, especially. He does not know how to pick wide receivers and no. uh, weapons. Um, and you go back to when Tom Brady was there, and you just give credit to Tom Brady. It's almost like he developed guys. In a year, the stories oh, of yeah. Julian Edelman working mm-hmm. with him relentlessly and him developing guys. Um, you know, they don't do that anymore, and they have bad quarterbacks. But uh, either way, that'll be your Thursday night game. You probably can take that night off and do something else because that's <laughs> not good. I don't, there's no, I, there won't be a lot of highlights out of that game. At least last night's game, you could tune in, and it was still fun football, 34-31. Not saying that it always has to be offense, but there is a difference between good defense and just bad, bad offense. Yeah. I think we'll see a collection of both of that on Thursday night. Uh, but uh, either way, uh, we'll get to all of it coming up. Uh, by the way, here's this. Thank you, T-Bone, on the text line. Send us this. Uh, this might be a first one in the portal area. Just when you think you've seen everything in the transfer portal time, Rod. Here's a report from our friends at On3 Sports that Alabama quarterback Taylor Buckner, remember he was in competition for the Alabama job with Jalen oh, Milrow. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think I saw this. This is good. He is going to finish the season with the Tide because, of course, they're playing in the 14 playoffs. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be a part of that. They'll play uh, Michigan in the Rose Bowl. He wants that trip to the Rose Bowl. And then next spring, he, or after the, the, the games are over, he's going to transfer back to Notre Dame where he came from. He wants to play lacrosse, play lacrosse for the Fighting Irish this spring. So, hey. you know. Good for him. Multi-sport athlete, baby. Speaking of Bill Belichick, where he, he's, he's, he's uh, so he's in a lacrosse portal. He's drafted lacrosse players before. I like how you just go. See, we've seen a lot of guys, you know, go into the portal and then come back out of the portal. Mm-hmm. All right, we've mm-hmm. seen that happen even here at Texas. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of guys who go uh, from the football portal just into a totally different sport, sport portal. Like well, remember, the- he was at Notre Dame, <laughs> transferred to Alabama. Yeah. And now he's transferring back so, to Notre Dame to hey, play a whole different sport. I love it. That, <laughs> hey, that, port, that portal is something else, man. It's just it, – it's so new. And, then we, you know, we just – how about these unprecedented things that happen? Like, we've never seen – I think this may be the first time you've seen, like, starters at Power 5 programs with double-digit wins now starting to transfer, which is a it's new like, thing. Well, that's where Kyle McCord comes and in, It's right? like, hold up, what? I thought that was the point. You were trying to get, where are you trying to get to then? Where do you want to go? Well, well, think about it this way, and I don't know how this will play out, but there's already a report that Dylan Gabriel, the Oklahoma quarterback, is going to transfer to Oregon to replace Bo Nix. Oh. And that the man may be already be so a not done even deal. not following Jeff Levy? No, not following Jeff Levy to Mississippi State, oh. which, you know, if you're Dripping Springs quarterback Austin Novosad, you're kind of like, wait a second. Oh, excuse me? What? I thought I was next. <laughs> but, uh, so. That's exactly, exactly right. And then, so that's what caused him to think, you know what, maybe I need to look at the portal. Or, you know, compete with Dylan Gabriel. But Dylan Gabriel wouldn't be going there to not play. Well, but then, play. But yeah. then Spencer Sanders went to Oklahoma, then went from Oklahoma State to Mississippi State and didn't play. But well, Dylan Gabriel's better than Spencer Sanders. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's go behind the burn orange curtain for the first time today. Rod's got us uh, locked in on Texas, headed to the uh, college football playoff.
and they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, let's talk about uh, Washington a little bit, just uh, diving into them. Uh, kind of a preliminary breakdown. We haven't started to dive deep into it, but I did go watch, and I've watched a lot of Washington so far this season and watched a lot of Washington um, last season too, um, actually, because I like that offense, and then Texas ended up playing Washington. So I think a lot of Longhorn fans have familiarity with this group. Uh, the receivers and the passing game, right? That's the biggest threat to Texas. Other than that, I think Texas matches up really well with Washington. That is the biggest issue. There will be some secondary and tertiary uh, factors and issues that we'll discuss, but that's going to be it for Texas. How do they defend the passing game? It is a prolific one. I think they got three NFL wide receivers. Um, the best one is Romo Dunze. I mean, he is he is, he's a real deal. I mean, he's a first-day first guy. For in the NFL draft, there's no question. But Jalen Polk is really good. He's a, both of those guys are over a thousand yards this season. Um, Jalen McMillan is the one that missed time so far this year. Um, he's going to be healthy for that game, but he was a thousand yard receiver last year, <laughs> and they've worked together since Kalen DeBoy got there and Michael Penix. This group has been together, so they're playing their best football in terms of the chemistry between wide receiver and quarterback. Uh, it's among the best in the country. And it'll be the best quarterback, of course, Texas played. We just talked about Dylan Gabriel. That's the second best quarterback Texas played, and that's their only loss on the season. And we talked about this the, you know, during the season a ton, that Texas hadn't really faced any great quarterbacks. They hadn't faced any uh, legitimate starting quarterbacks. Even when they faced Jalen Milrow at that time, he was inexperienced and got benched after and then finally started to round into form a little bit later on. But Dylan Gabriel was the best quarterback Texas faced, um, and that was the best passing game they, they saw versus Oklahoma because it was the veer and shoot, and that was their only loss of the season. So that is the only that, – like I said, that's the threat and the concern for Texas. You're going up against a more sophisticated passing game, a better quarterback in Michael Penix who's got an arm. Now, he is – I think he's a little more reckless with the football than – and maybe I'm wrong about that, but watching the film, I think he'll throw you a couple. He's Penix, a, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's so trusting in his, his arm because he's got a freaking cannon. He's a they, great passer. Yeah, they he throw, really they is. throw deep. They throw NFL routes. Like, that's why the NFL loves They're like, man, they throw NFL routes. I'm talking about deep routes, deep out routes yeah, that you don't see anymore. Cross anyway. hash marks. Yeah, right? Some of the stuff that Quinn. Numbers to numbers. That, that, you, yeah. that talks about Quinn throwing. But he throws it with force. I mean, he's got – it, it, I would think that one of the things that gets him in trouble is that he just believes that he can thread that needle. And he can. He can. But I do think it gets him in trouble. And I think he's a little reckless at times, decision-making-wise. It, it's, 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 it's trusting his arm and trusting his receivers. Yeah, he'll throw 50-50 balls. Yeah, because he's like, my guy got it. If, yeah. if, when a man, my guy got it. He'll just kind of give his guy a chance. And so I, But his guys are really good. <laughs> he's got some dudes out there. I think he is, just watching him, I think he throws more turnover-worthy throws out there than I think the even pro football focus uh, marks. They don't have him down for that many. I think he's a little reckless with the football at times. But I've only watched like four breaking down film, watched like went back and watched like four games. I'll go watch some of the uh, I'll watch all of them before it's said and done. But I think Texas has a shot to get some interceptions against them. Well, one or two. I'm not saying something. Well, that could be the difference in a football game. Exactly. I think you got a shot uh, at that. Because Michael Penix, like I said, he's he's fantastic. He he may end up winning the Heisman before it's all said and done. But he's going to have nine interceptions on the year. So, he's not totally, you know, he's not he's not error-proof. Well, 
but but, for, but point of I mean obviously you're playing in the final four so this is you know not surprising but you know, far and away this will be the best quarterback they've faced since Dylan Gabriel <laughs> at the Oklahoma game and that was exactly their one loss and yeah. yeah I mean and, and that guy's up for the Heisman Trophy he's a really good player uh, so yeah that's what you got to deal with and as we've said the last three weeks where the Longhorns have looked their best against Iowa State uh, Texas Tech and then you know Oklahoma State if styles make fights that's the style Texas is really good at. You're playing right into Texas's, you know, style profile when you're playing that kind of football. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously Washington plays a style that Texas has struggled with, and that's what you've got a month to prepare for. Uh, most 15-plus yard throws in all of college football uh, at the major level. We're talking about Power 5. I should say Power 5. If, so we're not talking about all FBS. Power 5. Uh, they have uh, 100 deep ball attempts of 20-plus yards on the season. <laughs> wow. Uh, they throw 100 of me. It's crazy. I think Sark likes the deep ball. Sark likes. I, I said. I, I've said it before about this. Uh, this Washington offense. I bet Sark. This is Sark's one of Sark's favorite offenses. I said it on on Texas. Our uh, to, to um, watch and study talking ball. Yeah, just because we know Sark was addicted to the deep ball when he first got to Texas. He has now curtailed his his addiction and affinity for the deep ball only because it was actually hurting the offense. But he appreciates the psychological damage that the deep ball inflicts on your opponent and inflicts on the defense and how it forces them to play with less aggression, puts them on their heels. He appreciates that. What he, I think, started to accept was that, listen, they're just not great at it, and he likes to throw them on first downs, and there are times where he gets his teams behind the chains when you don't have a Bijan and a Rojo on second and ten to make it an easy third and short, then yeah, life you can make life really tough on your quarterback in your passing game. So what have we noticed? No frivolous deep shots downfield. Sark just doesn't throw them as much as he used to because I think he understands they're not great at it, and it hurt, it's hurting your team more than it, uh, it hurting the other team. You want to inflict damage on them. You're actually doing more self-harm. So he doesn't throw it as much, but – this team does. So, certainly, Sark, if he's going to be around here a while, when he gets a quarterback that can, that's really good at completing the D-ball, he's going to throw it a lot. He's going to be he's gonna be like one of these offenses. This is a Don Coriel offense. People don't talk about Don Coriel offenses because everybody talks about the West Coast offense and what it is. Essentially, West Coast offense was more about the horizontal passing game, the crossing routes. Don Coriel was all about the vertical passing game. This is probably the closest thing you'll see to a Don Coriel offense yeah. in college football. Uh, well said, and you're right. I mean, uh, stretch the field, uh, and we know Sark wants to, you know, make you defend every blade of, gla- blade of grass. That's what they do. Uh, and they do the same thing with a high-end quarterback. There are some even NFL personnel people that look at Michael Penix who we'll learn about for the next month. We saw him last year in the in – the, I saw him live again in the Alamo Bowl. He's just he's a bigger, sturdier looking Tua because he's left-handed, but he can he, good version. He kind of he's, he's just a you know Tua you know his injury proneness was his prob- problem. And he was injury prone earlier. Yeah, uh, well he, he suffered a, a tough knee injury at, a, uh, at Indiana. Yeah, uh, when when they were playing. That's what they counted. That's why he got counted out. Yeah, and uh, and then he followed Kalen DeBoer from Indiana to Washington, and he has um, engineered that offense to the tune of twenty-four and two over the last two seasons. Pretty good, um, you know, Pac-12 uh, dominance out there. We'll come back when we do. Uh, some what the facts, including uh, listening to an old friend because it was an old old cut rod, but it's still a fact uh, and, and worth our listen on this morning after the college football playoff selections and all the controversy of the weekend. Uh, we'll pick that up. Also, uh, uh, we'll get an update on the other facts of a Tuesday morning. It took them up with Ian Rod B. The Horn text line has moved. 
Join the conversation on the new Horn text line, 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan, Rod Bathers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Tuesday on The Horn, it's going to be uh, about 70 perfect degrees today, maybe 71, about 40 degrees crisp this morning. Did you get a jog in this morning, Ron? Got a little run in, yeah, no doubt. It's a little crispy out there. Uh, it felt great, though. It is, there right? It Those are the good, best mornings man. to get out there no and uh, get after it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is time for What the Facts, Rod, and uh, it is a fact. By rule, Texas can appeal the targeting penalty against Derek Williams, their freshman safety. They can. In hopes of having him available, but if the appeal is denied, uh, Derek Williams may have to miss the first half of the college football playoff mm-hmm. semifinal against Washington, which yeah. uh, you're talking about uh, the best quarterback you face is Dylan Gabriel and a Heisman Trophy finalist with great receivers. Derek Williams is your best coverage safety. Yeah, and um, did hear in a transfer reporter, Jalen Catalan is going to – uh, being the and Xavier Bryce, yeah, so um, at safety, yeah, we were a little light in the first half yeah, for so Texas against a uh, very sophisticated passing attack. I think they'll for sure appeal it. I don't know if they'll win it. I mean, it's, now letter of the law, it was it, it was targeting, but that, like I said, that wasn't the spirit of the rule. The spirit of the rule was not what they they called that. They called that that was on the block, and he was barely he barely grazed the dude in the head. But yes, technically, I guess letter of the law, he did hit him in the head. Yes, yes, That's he did, and. Now it ain't force, really. But. Yeah, for a full 30 <laughs> minutes of a 60-minute football game certainly could be a factor. Um, oh, yeah. And he's it, been playing some good football. He was coming out playing physical against yeah. Oklahoma State, against the run. Because, you know, early in the year he struggled with tackling in space. Um, mm-hmm. and, but his coverage skills, you've, you've oh. been impressed with them from the jump. Yeah, I think he's your best coverage safety. And, yeah, you're going, I mean, if you're – just me, I, if, if, if they're watching the same film and I don't watch it is, they're definitely going to attack the Texas safeties. Oh, downfield in the passing game. Hundred percent. Probably where they'll start, honestly. Hundred percent. Yeah, uh, with a Dunze in the slot, yeah. if they could do it. Oh, yeah, they man. run a lot of bunch formations too. We'll get into all the details, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. And Adunze is a really good player. He uh, is the real deal. Yes. <laughs> well, I think they're. I think they're getting Jalen Polk back, right? The kid. Uh, the, the uh, Jay, McMillan. McMillan's they had Polk. Back. Yeah, because those, those who have a thousand yards already, Adunze and Polk. But McMillan was the th- McMillan. who's a thousand yard guy from last year. Yeah. And he's been hurt, and he's coming back, and he'll be completely healthy. So well, they have the hands full. I mean, that's what made I me mean, think about these semifinal games in one year ago, and just how dynamic they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, both games, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, were just phenomenal football games because you've got good coaching staffs, talented teams that get healthier as the yep. week goes on. And, and you know, as Sark talked about, you get a chance now, they, they get to, they're going to lift and work out and go with Tory Becton here the next couple of weeks, but finish up school, kind of get a little mental break. Mm-hmm. And You're like a new team. Yeah. You, you get healthy. Come You're like back a new team after that month. It's, it's you like, get, to get yeah. healthy, and then you, get, you really bore in right in and around Christmas ahead of the new year. And uh, both teams get that opportunity, so you, you should say that's what I think what we saw last year, two really – good games because both teams were fresh. Mm-hmm. TCU knew that Michigan was stealing their signs, so they got to redo their signs over a month. Man, yeah, talk <laughs> Maybe about even that. fool them a little bit. That's going to be another storyline, too, with Michigan and the signs. I forget oh. all about it. It's, it's actually taking the back burner a little bit. Florida State. It'll come back, though. What say you, Rod, and what the facts? Every QB uh, – here's every QB to complete 85% of their passes in a game with at least 35 attempts, uh, which Jake Browning did last year. Rich Gannon, Drew Brees twice, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady – 
Dad Prescott, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert. That's the list that is of quarterbacks list. to complete 85% of their passes in a game with at least 35 attempts in NFL history. Those are MVPs and GOATs, and Jake Browning's on there now. I say Dak Prescott, too, by the way. Hey, by the way. Hey, speaking of MVPs, that guy's in – he right now is one of the top two, I think, front runners. For Who, MVP. Dak? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and he's, he's well, good. these next four games, and he can go that win. That will determine. Yeah. Hey, if you're looking for something to root for, you know, I think we're all trying to get our head around this NBA in-season tournament they're playing. They're down to the knockout round. How about this, though? If you're looking for a storyline, they'll get you maybe interested. The Indiana Pacers beat the Bucks last night. Uh, Indiana Pacers have the lowest payroll in the NBA. The lowest payroll. Uh, winning the NBA's first ever in-season tournament would guarantee each player an extra 500K. Uh, these guys were playing for some cash. Wow. Straight cash, homie. Uh, you should see the scene in Indiana when they, I mean, they, beat, uh, actually they beat Boston last night. They beat Boston. So Boston's got a huge payroll. Uh, so, you know, this is an in-game, in-season tournament. Now they're going to move to Vegas for the uh, semifinals. They won okay. that last night. So if you're looking for a team to root for, Tyrese Halliburton and the Indiana Pacers. Because tonight like you've got the other games that are coming with uh, Milwaukee, big budget, Knicks. And then in the West it's Phoenix and L.A., the Lakers. So let's just get on this Indiana bandwagon. It's got uh, who's the former Longhorn, the big man there that, that plays really well? Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Miles Turner's okay. on that team. Eh? Lowest payroll that. in the NBA. That's a nice little factoid. There you go. I did not realize that lowest payroll is that. Yeah, that's not sexy enough though. Are they sexy enough? Tyrese Halliburton's a dude. All right. I, I will admit I, do, I have not watched Indiana I haven't play either, not. in in I don't know, maybe years since I've watched Indiana play. Rick Carlisle. From yeah. Mavericks like him. Ty, are you in on this with uh, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton? You're watching some of this. Gambling I, on it. I, he's He's been one of the best players in the NBA this year. I, I really like him and Rick Carlisle. I like the young, young core there. Mm, there you go. Uh, can I give you one more factoid? Indeed. Uh, the biggest favorite of every NFL weekend had won their game um, until week uh, until entering week 13, until the Jags lost last night. Oh, yeah. So the, so the biggest, largest point spread. Yes, the biggest yeah, favorite point every favorite week had won straight up entering week 13 every week until the Jags just lost, which was to Cincinnati, to a backup quarterback. I think that's why the spread obviously was so big. But there you go, a little factoid. Yeah, well, good one right there for sure because uh, – now, Jacksonville continues to show you they're not ready for prime time. Even before the Trevor Lawrence not injury, yet. which we'll talk about coming up late in that game, they were that was, that was a big you know, an opportunity for them to really take advantage of a backup quarterback at home in a prime time game. Didn't look the part. Didn't look, Didn't look the part. They no. beat Houston the week before, but Houston's a young team that's that trying to figure too, it out. Because Trevor Lawrence oh. is good. The defense just wasn't ready. Yeah. Come on, man. Against a backup QB. But Jake Browning did play pretty well. You just documented that and what the facts. We'll be back. Uh, hook him up with Ian Rodby. One hour down, four to go of our morning sports conversation here on 101.9 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn App and at hornfm.com.